This is Taekwon Lewis. You're listening to Dash to the Draft on Sports Crunch. Welcome back to Sports Crunch with D. Crom, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, David Cromelo. We are now just one week away from the 2018 NFL Draft, yet I can't even wait one more second for all the smoke to clear. But since we do have to wait one more week, we're going to do another mock draft. Last week's mock draft was based on what teams should do. This mock will be based on what we think teams will do on the night of April 26th. Once again, please keep in mind that A, mock drafts aren't real. And B, as longtime NFL scout Greg Gabriel said on this program a couple weeks ago, don't believe anything you hear. That said, we have no choice but to take the intel that's currently out there to heart in order to give you our most educated guess as to how the first round will unfold. And to help us with Decrom Mach 4.0 is our good friend Jordan Reed, a rising star on Draft Twitter who is the host of Climbing the Pocket, a great podcast. You can also find written content of his at climbingthepocket.com. It's a pleasure to have you back on the program, Jordan. How are you? Great, man. Thank you guys for having me on. It's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure having you on, Jordan. And without further ado, let's get into this mock. The routine is uh, all trades have been established, trades that I think are possible on draft night based on the intel that's available at the moment. And uh, you will be picking with the odd-numbered picks. I'll be picking the even-numbered picks. And the Cleveland Browns are on the clock at one. Your turn. Well, so there's a lot of different ways that they could go here. Obviously, they need to take a quarterback. And I think this guy has been their guy for months. But, you know, there's a lot of stories that's going around right now. But I think their guy is Sam Darnold. And I think that's who the selection is going to be right here at this spot. I think it would be a great pick for him, a guy that they can groom and help grow. He doesn't have to come in and start right away. They already have an entrance starter already in Tyrod Taylor who they have already named the starter so there is no pressure for him to step in right away and be the savior for this franchise he can sit back and learn for a handful of games while Tyrod Taylor takes the reins while he's still learning the rope so I think Sam Darnold would be a great pick here he most certainly would and I personally think that Sam Darnold is the quarterback of this class that has the best combination of ceiling, floor, and intangibles. And the Sam Donald is going to be a very solid quarterback for the Cleveland Browns going forward. And now the New York Giants on the clock at two. While I would take Josh Rosen in a heartbeat here, or even Baker Mayfield in a heartbeat, since I like Baker Mayfield a lot better, the Giants, it appears that all that chatter that we've been hearing since even before the combine is true. The Giants do believe that Eli Manning, despite showing some regression these past two seasons at 37 years old, still has a lot of football left in him. And they want to take, as Dave Gettleman said at the Combine, somebody that could put on a gold jacket one day. And Dave Gettleman last year, he took Christian McCaffrey, but he was still GM of the Panthers with the eighth overall pick. And at with number two overall, he is leaning towards an even better talent in Saquon Barkley. So I believe the Giants take Saquon Barkley at two overall. Not my favorite pick for them, but he's still a very, very special talent. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think it would be a great pick as well. But, you know, I'm not big on prioritizing running backs this early, but Pat Shermer, who's a new head coach in New York, and Dave Gettleman, they seem to believe that Eli Manning has some years left on his career. And they felt like the lack of running game was a big reason of his failures last season. I think they finished around 25th or the bottom half of the league in rushing last year. And getting a guy like Saquon Barkley definitely could help them become more explosive in the rushing attack. It most certainly can. And now the New York Jets at three overall are on the clock. Your turn. I think this pick is a done deal. I think it's Baker Mayfield, the quarterback from Oklahoma. I think it would be a great pick. It'd be a slam dunk pick. He has the personality, the moxie, and the want to to succeed in New York. They obviously need a quarterback there to have Josh McCown 
who was successful for them last year. They bought in Teddy Bridgewater as some insurance or like a lottery ticket pick, but I don't think they're really expecting much out of him. But you get a guy like Baker Mayfield in the building and he automatically brings a certain type of energy to your team. Yes, what makes Baker Mayfield my personal favorite quarterback at this draft is his intangibles. Like those intangibles are something you just cannot measure in a quarterback. And like you said, his desire to succeed in the NFL Uh, That desire could go a long way for a quarterback like Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield is the best possible decision the Jets could possibly make here. And now the Cleveland Browns on the clock again in that pick they got from the Houston Texans in the Deshaun Watson trade. You could never have too many pass rushers on your team. Last year, you drafted Miles Garrett with the first overall pick, who was the best edge in that class. Now you'd take the best edge in this class to line up across from him in Bradley Chubb. As you said, Bradley Chubb is a talent very similar to Everson Griffin on the Vikings, your favorite team. And having Bradley Chubb and Miles Garrett on the field at the same time would be like having Julius Peppers and Everson Griffin in their primes rushing off the edge. And that would be a dream scenario for the Browns defense to like play in close games, just let her rip, man. That would be an amazing duo with Miles Garrett and Bradley Chubb. Absolutely. I completely agree with that pick. And you can never have too many pass rushers, as you alluded to. And they definitely will have a really solid three-man rotation. Don't forget about Emmanuel Ogba is definitely a solid player as well. So having those three guys coming off the edge would be fantastic. Oh, absolutely. And let's not forget interior rushers. Don't sleep on Larry Ogunjobi either. Absolutely. Another great player in the middle. Yes. So that pass rush could be very ferocious starting as early as this season. And now we have our first trade of the night. The Denver Broncos, and the reports have been going around that they want out of this pick, have traded down to the Buffalo Bills right now on the clock. They are rumored to be going after a quarterback named Josh, but it might not be the Josh that we think they should go with. (laughs) Absolutely, and I think the pick would be Josh Allen here. And you talk about a guy that's a big, typical, prototypical pocket passer. And we talk about the elements in Buffalo and how you need to have a strong arm guy that can handle the, the inclements of the weather. And I think that's something that a lot of people have been connecting to Buffalo. Now, not, I'm not necessarily a big believer in having a big, strong arm and it being able to survive or hold up in the type of weather conditions. But they want a quarterback at this spot. It's no secret why they traded up to 12 or exchange picks with the Bengals. And I think they're going to make one more trade up as they did here for a quarterback. And I think Josh Allen would be that guy. Yes. And also what I've been told by uh, my good friend, Eric Trickle, friend of the pod, who's also a fantastic NFL insider. He says that Sean McDermott, who was with Cam Newton in Carolina before he became the head coach at Buffalo, he thinks that they can utilize Josh Allen in a very similar way that they did Cam Newton for the first couple years of Cam's career. Not saying Josh Allen is Cam Newton. He's more Jake Locker than Cam Newton, but They believe that they could design a system for him to be successful. And with that young defense they're building, they're going to not ask him to do too much, just make like four big plays a game and take care of the football. And hopefully Josh Allen pans out better than I personally think he will be because it's a big roll of dice that the Bills are apparently going to make. And now we have another trade, the Indianapolis Colts want to trade down badly as well and the Green Bay Packers have the most capital in this draft they are up on the clock right now and when you look at the Packers in a division where you got Kirk Cousins Mitchell Trubisky and Matthew Stafford you need to get after the quarterback that's all there is to it and all the Packers have in their pass rush right now are Clay Matthews who's 32 years old and way past his prime and Nick Perry who can't stay out of the tub so to speak And the Chicago Bears, two picks later at eight, a player they're really reportedly targeting is Harold Landry out of Boston College. And if the Packers want Harold Landry, they can't wait at 14. They have to go up and get him and give their pass rush some much-needed insurance. So the Packers trading up to six take Harold Landry, the edge rusher of Boston College. 
I think that would be a fantastic pick. And, you know, Clay Matthews is getting a bit long in the tooth. He's getting older. And Nick Perry obviously can't stay healthy. So they need a guy that can be consistent or they need a young guy off the edge. And as you alluded to earlier, the NFC North is loaded with quarterbacks. Now, even a young guy in Mitchell Trubisky who shows some promise as well. But the Packers need they need to replenish their edge talent. And they don't have a young guy coming off the edge. Harold Landry definitely would give them that. Now, he's more of a pass rush specialist as opposed to a guy that's consistently going to hold up against the run, but he is very good. And I think he can be an elite pass rusher. He can be a 10-plus sack guy as a rookie, in my opinion. I agree. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are now on the clock at 7. Your turn again. Well, there's a lot of different ways that they could go with this pick, but I think they need to get a guy that's actually my top-ranked player in this draft, and that's Quentin Nelson. I think he would be a home-run pick here for them. They need to get some protection for Jameis Winston, and if they want to continue to see his development and continue to see him grow, I think the best way to help him out is to get him some help up front. So I think Quentin Nelson would be a home-run pick for the Bucks. He would be a slam dunk right here if the Colts trade out of six because look at what the Buccaneers have at the interior of their offensive line. They got Ali Barpet, a guard, a very promising young player whose best football is still ahead of him and he is in a contract year. And they also signed Ryan Jett to that big contract. They need to fortify that interior with Quentin Nelson, and that would be very ideal for Jameis Whitson. We have another trade. The Bears are being reported to want to trade down and recoup some of those picks they lost in the Mitchell Trubisky trade last year. And we got the Washington Redskins on the clock right now. And when you look at the Redskins, they traded away Kendall Fuller, a rising star slot cornerback, to the Chiefs in order to get Alex Smith to replace Kirk Cousins. And what better person is there to replace Kendall Fuller than Mika Fitzpatrick? That defense needs more playmakers and more leadership. And I think Mika Fitzpatrick is the guy to provide that much needed leadership and versatility to that defense. Yeah, and I think that would be a great pick. And they need a guy, like you said, that needs to replace Fuller. They have some issues in their secondary, but they don't have that lockdown nickel guy now that Fuller has gone to the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think Mika will be a guy that provides them a lot of versatilities and he checks a lot of boxes, not only as a nickel guy, but he can check some boxes at safety as well. So he would be a fantastic pick right here. And at nine, we have another trade. The 49ers have traded down and they want to trade down or are highly considering it at least. And the New England Patriots are now on the clock. I think we know who this pick is going to be if this happens. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) this would be probably my favorite pick of the top 10 if it was to happen. And that would be Josh Rosen. He suffered a bit of a slip or a bit of a fall right here but they need a backup quarterback they don't all they have is Brian Hoyer behind Tom Brady right now obviously there's been some reports coming out that Tom Brady is contemplating retirement now I don't think he will retire but it has to be in the back of his mind now that he's 40 years old plus so getting that young guy in the building to nurture and learn behind Tom Brady would be great and what better player to do that than arguably the best quarterback in the draft and Josh Rosen yes and the Patriots have been linked to Josh Rosen for the past several weeks now since they made that trade of Brandon Cooks which netted them two firsts along with two seconds they have the ammo to move up from 23 to 9 to get Josh Rosen and Rosen due to durability concerns and character concerns that are unfair dare I say he is likely to take a little bit of a slide but there's going to be a bidding war for him around this part of the draft and I expect the Patriots to win that bidding war given the ammo they have and now the Oakland Raiders are on the clock this draft for the Raiders it has to be about defense 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 like who do they have outside of Khalil Mack there's nobody on that defense that scares me outside of Khalil Mack and they got some great options here you mentioned Derwin James would be a terrific fit for them but 
If the 49ers don't trade out of nine, I think the 49ers take Roquan Smith. And if the 49ers do trade out of nine, I think the Raiders have to pounce on Roquan Smith. And as Tom McShay said today, he thinks Roquan Smith is their top option at 10. If he's there, he would add much needed leadership and playmaking skills to that defense. Plus, the Raiders' linebacking core has had no sideline-to-sideline speed these past several years. None. Zilp, Zitch, Nada, and Roquan Smith would solve that problem in a hurry. So the Raiders take Roquan Smith at 10. Yeah, absolutely. I would love that pick. And there's nobody in the middle that gives John Gruden's defense an identity like Roquan Smith would. And if you think about his defenses with the Buccaneers when he was the head coach there, you think about Derrick Brooks. And I think Roquan Smith definitely could be the Derrick Brooks of his defense. Now, obviously, Brooks and Roquan Smith have different types of playing styles. But just speaking from an attitude and identity standpoint that they brought with their presence, I think could be very similar. Now the Miami Dolphins are on the clock. A lot of ways they could go with this pick. I think they should pick somebody on defense here. Yeah, I agree. I think they should pick Tremaine Edmonds right here. I think Tremaine Edmonds will be a great pick in the middle to grow and nurture with that young Miami defense that they do have out there. Now he is only 19 years old um, and I mean he his best football is ahead of him right now and he's probably a guy you're not going to see his potential as far as two to three years down the road I think that's when we real we will see the real Tremaine Edmonds and what the finished product he can be so getting a guy like that in the middle of this defense I think will be great uh, yes but keep in mind this is a mock on what we think will happen based on what we're hearing so any other defensive names do you think have been linked to the Dolphins more than Tremaine Edmonds based on the reports you're reading? Yeah, I think Derwin James definitely could be an option right here at safety. I think he would be a fantastic option for them as well. Even a guy like Denzel Ward if he slips to this spot. So there's a lot of different guys that they could go in this direction, but Derwin James would definitely be a great fit as well. Yes, and I think I've heard that they do have interest in Derwin James. So we will give the Dolphins Derwin James. And the Broncos are now on the clock because they are now picking at 12 and 22 because they traded down with the Bills who got Josh Allen. And you mentioned Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward is one of the guys on the Broncos shortlist. And there is a good chance that he falls this far to 12 because of his uh, size. But he plays much bigger than his size. Size is not a skill. And you got rid of Akeem Tlaib. But yes, you got Bradley Roby, but he's in a contract year. And uh, Chris Harris Jr., is uh, his contract expires at the end of the 2019 season. You need to keep that corner depth very fresh in the years ahead. So the Broncos at 12 take Denzel Ward, the cornerback from Ohio State, arguably the best corner in this class. Yeah, that definitely would be a great pick. And you talk about adding him to Chris Harris Jr. and Bradley Roby. I think now you're building a great secondary now that you've lost the key to lead. Yes, and we have another trade. The Bears trade down again, and the Los Angeles Chargers are on the clock. Do the Chargers. I think they have their eyes on a certain quarterback to succeed Phillip Rivers. Yeah, you definitely could go Lamar Jackson here. I think that's the guy that they've been heavily linked to. He took a top 30 visit to there uh, about a week ago. So I think Lamar Jackson definitely could be an option for them here. Now, the biggest thing about Lamar Jackson is that he's not ready to play right away. He has some deficiencies that he needs to work on as far as cleaning up his base and his footwork. But Phillip Rivers probably isn't retiring anytime soon, not within the next two to three years. So you're going to have plenty of time for Lamar to sit back and learn behind a future Hall of Famer and Phillip Rivers. So I think it's a really good situation for him to walk into. I most certainly think it is too. So shall we give the Chargers Lamar Jackson here? 
Absolutely. I think so. I think it'd be a great fit. Absolutely. What very few better people to learn from than Philip Rivers and uh, Lamar Jackson. That would be one of the most ideal situations for him to land. And now the Indianapolis Colts are on the clock at 14. And the Indianapolis Colts could go a lot of different ways here. But Tremaine Edmonds is still on the board and they need a lot of help on that defense. That off-ball linebacker is one of their biggest areas of need. Yes, edge rusher is more important, but the edge cupboard is bare for the time being in terms of value. So Tremaine Edmonds, I think, is that off-ball linebacker that new defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus would really covet in his system. As you mentioned, a freak athlete. Uh, he moves very quickly for a 250-pound man, and he is a little raw, but I think uh, he could turn into a major force for the Indianapolis Colts in the years ahead. Yeah, and I 100% agree with that. And we talk about a team that's probably not to compete in the next two years, so they're probably not really expecting much as far as an overall defensive performance as a whole from any of these guys in the next few years. But they want to continue and build it up and let these guys grow together. And that gives time for Tremaine Evans to continue to grow as well. So I think it's a perfect situation for him to land in. And you're on the clock now at 15 with the Arizona Cardinals. What do you got, Jordan? So this is a tricky one for me. Because they have a lot of needs. Obviously, quarterback is one of their needs. But I don't feel like a quarterback is worthy of this spot right here. They could go offensive line. And I think that may be a route that they go. They've been linked to Mike McGlinchey a bit here. So I'm going to play McGlinchey right here in this spot. They need a right tackle. And I think, or actually, they need a left tackle. Excuse me. They signed Andre Smith this offseason. So I think McGlinchey could come in and definitely be an answer for them. Oh, absolutely. He could be a decade-plus solution at the ever-increasingly important right tackle position for the Cardinals. They're playing DJ Humphreys at left tackle uh, for the yeah. Big. They traded away Jared Valdir in the last year of his contract to the Broncos, and they get an immediate upgrade from Jared Valdir and the pro-ready Mike McGlinchey. And the Baltimore Ravens are now on the clock at 16, and the Ravens could go a lot of different ways here. But I heard from my good friend Eric Trickle, who I just mentioned a couple days ago, that the Ravens, one of their top targets is Cortland Sutton, the wide receiver from SMU. Yes, they've been linked to Des Bryant, but I think Ozzie Newsom will be smarter than that and and get the younger guy in with Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton, he might not be as fast as Des Bryant, but he has... The size and the skill set, very reminiscent of Alshon Jeffrey, and he has surprising short area quickness that, that he showed very well at during his test at the Combine. So uh, Cortland Sutton would be the alpha dog the Ravens have lacked at the wide receiver position for many years. So Cortland Sutton to the Ravens at 16. Yeah, I think that would be a great fit. And obviously they have a huge need or a huge hold there at receiver. The only guy that they really have there is Michael Crabtree right now, but we know he's on the back end of his career. So I think Cortland Sutton could come in right away and be a great fit. And we are halfway through this mock, but I want to take this opportunity to let you guys know that Jordan recently released his first ever draft guide. Is that true? Is it your first ever draft guide? Yes, absolutely. Yes, it is his first ever draft guide. And not only that, it is the perfect draft night resource for all kinds of football fans. You can download it from his website for $5 and all proceeds will benefit the Raleigh Rise Against Hunger organization in Raleigh, North Carolina. What can you tell us about Rise Against Hunger, Jordan? Yeah, so it's just a foundation that was founded a while ago and it's something that I've always been interested in helping I'm here in the local community and I've actually had good relations from them from my time in college and I've developed a great relationship and maintained that relationship with them so I've always wanted to find a way to figure out how to help them even more and this was a great way to benefit not only the customer that's buying the product because you're getting to learn about a lot of draft information and helping yourself as well and also 
you're donating $5 to a great cause as well. Yes, a cause that I believe delivers a lot of food to people in poverty. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Totally. And as Matt Waldman himself said on the program last week, there is nothing better than being able to learn more about football and help people in need at the same time. And this is yet another opportunity to do just that. And now moving on with this, uh, what we think will happen, Mark. The Chicago Bears are now on the clock at 17 after trading down twice. Uh, they could go a lot of different directions here, but where do you think they will go? This was tricky for me. I wanted to get your opinion on this one. Uh, the Bears, uh, after puzzlingly deciding not to match the uh, Cam Meredith uh, deal. They could opt for a wide receiver here, but I think there's much better value they could get in the second round. Linebackers, uh, they could go Leeton Vanderesh here yeah, uh, to could. get uh, because Danny Trevathan is uh, he can't uh, stay healthy, and Nick Witkowski, I'm not completely sold on. I think Leeton Vanderesh could be a, a, a tremendous option for them right here. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. That's it's funny you said that. That actually was the name I was going to go with here. It's Leeton Vanderess. So great minds think alike. And it's been a weird week for Leeton Vanderess. There was some rumors coming out about him. a couple teams failing him during his physical, but those proved to be not true. And I love his game overall. Uh, he's still young to the position. He's only been a one-year starter at Boise State. So plug him in the middle beside Danny Trevathan and Vic Vangio's 3-4 defense, I think would be a fantastic fit. Yes, and plus he's that uh, athletic specimen that Ryan Pace would love. He is freakishly athletic for a guy his size. And we have another trade. The Seattle Seahawks, as they're accustomed to doing on draft night, they trade down with the Atlanta Falcons for the second year in a row. And the Atlanta Falcons have their eyes on the defensive front seven, specifically defensive tackles. And there's one name that they've been linked to constantly these past couple of weeks. Yeah, and that name is definitely Taven Bryan, <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> it absolutely is Taven Bryan. Absolutely. I think it would be a great fit. He checks a lot of boxes for them. They love those explosive three techniques, and they need a guy opposite of Grady Jarrett now that Dontari Poe has gone to the Carolina Panthers. So I think Taven Bryan would be a fantastic fit here. Yep, and that was my pick for the Falcons at 18. And now the Cowboys are on the clock at 19. Apparently their number one target, Cortland Sutton, is gone. And Leighton Vanderush, a guy who I've heard being mocked to them constantly for the past several weeks, is also gone. What should the Cowboys do here? Yeah, so they could go Calvin Ridley here. They have a big need at receiver, but... I think they want to get a big guy in the middle to plug up the middle. I'm going to go with Vita Vea right here. I think Vita Vea would be a really good pick for them. They've been linked to him as well. He took the top 30 visit there last Thursday, I believe it was. So I think he would be a great fit in the middle and Rod Marinelli and getting him another tool in the middle. Yes, and Vita Vea, surprisingly a big and very fast man at 340 plus pounds. Uh, Rod Marinelli would definitely love that high motor on his defense and the Detroit Lions on the clock at 20. I see them going two different ways here. They could decide to roll the dice on Marcus Davenport, but I just don't think that that raw athletic freak is endearing to a guy like Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia wants somebody who could play as soon as possible. Uh, knowing the history of the Patriots and Bill Belichick, they like to draft an instant impact guys. And Matt Patricia, I assume, would be no different than Bill Belichick. And the Lions, they haven't had a 1,000-yard rusher since 2013 with Reggie Bush. 
And yes, they got LeGarrette Blunt, but he's over 30 years old. He's on a one-year deal. Amir Abdullah, there's rumors of him being on the chopping block. And Theo Riddick is just a third-down receiving back. And if you draft Darius Geis here from LSU, who has drawn some Earl Campbell comparisons there, I say, and uh, it's even though it's not fair to compare a young running back to a Hall of Famer, he definitely has that punishing running style that makes you think of a young beast mode. And Darius Geis would solve the Lions rushing woes instantly and be that guy who would immediately take pressure off of Matthew Stafford. So Darius Geis to the Lions at 20. Yeah, I think that would be a fantastic pick for them. And you talk about them not having a 100-yard rusher since Reggie Bush in 2013. But if you insert Geis into that lineup, it relieves Matt Stafford of relying so heavily on the passing game and that offense relying so heavily on that air attack. So Enter Darius Geis, I think that'd be a great fit for them behind Stafford. The Bengals are now on the clock at 21, and the pick they got from the Bills in the trade down for Cordy Glenn. Yeah, so they've been linked to this guy very heavily, and I think they need an upgrade at center. Russell Bodine is gone now, and they really don't have an immediate starter there right now. I think James Daniels, the center from Iowa, would be a really good pick right here. What you get with him is you get a guy that can be the heart and soul in the center of your offensive line, only 20 years old, so... A lot of people are thinking that he can gain some more weight. He was only 295 pounds at the combine, but he's still very young right now, and he can easily put on 10 to 15 more pounds. He's an easy mover, and he's a guy that I think his best football is ahead of him. His best football is most certainly ahead of him, and he would provide an immediate upgrade from Russell Boldine should the Bengals land him at 21. And now the Broncos are on the clock at 22 with their other first-round pick they got from trading down with the Buffalo Bills. And earlier this offseason, the Broncos hired Sean Coogler to coach their offensive line. And Sean Coogler was previously the head coach at UTEP. And one of his prized pupils was Will Hernandez, who is a first-round talent at the guard position. And there is mutual interest between the Broncos and Will Hernandez. Will Hernandez wants to play for Sean Coogler again. The Broncos love coaching him at the Senior Bowl. And he is one of their big targets at this spot if they do trade down with Buffalo. So Will Hernandez to the Broncos at 22. Yeah, I think that'd be a fantastic pick. And you got to get some protection for Case Keenum, especially if you believe in him for the next few years. And I think Will Hernandez is that typical mauler in the run game and a guy that's very successful and very dependent or very reliable in the passing game as well. So I think Will Hernandez will be a great fit here. Yes, he's surprisingly light on his feet for a man that big. Absolutely. Yes, and now the San Francisco 49ers are on the clock of their first of two picks they got from trading down with the New England Patriots at 23. Yeah, so... I would like to see them go corner right here. I know they they believe in the killer weather swoon, but I think they can upgrade in that spot. And obviously they got Richard Sherman as well. But I think a guy like Jair Alexander will be a really good fit for them right here. He's a guy that if you do believe in Witherspoon, you can leave Witherspoon and Sherman on the outside and you can put Jair Alexander in the slot. And you talk about a secondary that would be really good. I think adding him into the mix with those other two guys would be really good. Oh, it most certainly would be. And Jair Alexander is a very underrated player that uh, has risen up draft boards since the combine, and rightfully so. He is in the mold of a Chris Harris Jr. type player, according to a friend of the pod, Jonah Tolls of NDT Scouting. So that would be a terrific pick for the 49ers. And now the Panthers at 24. They got a lot of different directions they could go here. Uh, Ryan Khalil is retiring. They could get their center of the future. Uh, they might roll the dice on a tight end if they think one is worth it here because this could be Greg Olson's last year. They could potentially draft another linebacker here because Thomas Davis, this is his last year, plus he's been suspended the first four games of the uh, 2018 season. But Cam Newton is the face of your franchise. You have to help him. And when you look at their current receiver core, you got Devin Funchess, a 
pretty much a one-trick pony in the red zone uh, who's in the last year of his contract. You got Torrey Smith in a trade from the Eagles, um, and he's essentially a rental at this stage in his career. You need more weapons for Cam Newton, and DJ Moore from Maryland has been a name that they've been linked to consistently over these past several weeks. So I think DJ Moore to the Panthers here would make perfect sense. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And if you go back and watch his pro day or look at some pictures from his pro day, North Turner was really glued on him. He was instructing him to run certain routes as well. So I think the Panthers are very heavily interested in DJ Moore, and I think it would be a great pick at this spot. Yes, and now the Tennessee Titans are now on the clock at 25. What do you got? I think this is your spot for Marcus Davenport right here. Inserting him and Mike Vrabel's defense, I think that'd be a fantastic pick. And we all know Mike Vrabel loves his pass rushers. He comes from the Bill Belichick tree. And we all know that they love those stand-up, disruptive edge rushers. Now, Marcus Davenport is a bit raw. He only knows how to rush from a two-point stance. He's really never put his hand in the dirt and rushed off the edge. But you talk about a guy that's a ready-made pass rusher from day one. Now, he does have some issues defending the run, but I think getting with a guy like Mike Vrabel could help him out a lot in that area. So I really would like to see those two grow together, and I think this would be a great spot for him. It most certainly would, and also he could spend his rookie year, because he is a bit on the raw side, uh, this would be an ideal spot because he could spend his rookie year in a situation role learning behind Brian Arakpo and Derek Morgan and take over from one of them the following year. Yeah, I completely agree with that assessment. Yes, and now we have another trade. The Seahawks, as I said, they're accustomed to doing on draft night. They trade down again, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Seahawks traded down twice again at all because they have no picks on day two, and they want to get more picks, especially given the roster overhaul they're undergoing right now. And the New York Giants have moved back up to the 26th round, and this is where they select uh, the potential successor to Eli Manning. And it was reported a couple weeks ago that they had Mason Rudolph in for a visit. And as NFL Network's Mike Garofolo reported on that visit, he said that one of the main reasons why Mike Shula loves him is because uh, he ran a similar playbook at Oklahoma State that uh, Mike Shula had Cam Newton run with the Panthers. L- lots of RPOs, a lot of uh, quick fire passes. And Mason Rudolph, uh, the Giants, Mike Shula is fully capable of crafting the right system around Mason Rudolph. So when he takes over for Eli Manning with Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram in the fold, uh, the Giants offense, that train could keep rolling even with Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I like this spot for him right here, and I like the fit for him as well. You talk about him fitting into Mike Shula's offense. That's very RPO-reliant, which is what he went through with Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. So I love the offensive fit from both sides. I love him not being able to play right away and having to sit behind Eli Manning for a year or two, which I think is going to be required of him. I don't think he's a guy that can step in right away and play. Now, he does have to have a lot of weapons on the perimeter, similar to what he had at Oklahoma State and Marcel Aitman and James Washington, and they do have that in New York. Evan Ingram, Odell Beckham, and Sterling Shepard in the fold as well. So I think this would be a great fit for him. And add Saquon Barkley would be even better. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, totally. And now you're on the clock again with the New Orleans Saints at 27. Yeah, so I think their biggest positional need right now would be a tight end. So I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard right here. I think he would be a plug-and-play option for them. And adding him in the mix with guys like Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Andrew Brees would be really good. And this has been a spot of weakness that they have had for a while. So 
I think inserting him into that offense will be great. Yes, and the Saints are going to be competing with the for the NFC title this year, along with the Vikings, Eagles, Rams, and Packers and others. So Dallas Goddard could be that final piece that takes the offense uh, over the hump uh, next year. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are now on the clock at 28. Ryan Chazier, it's a shame. His career, the future of his playing days is clearly in jeopardy. And with the top three linebackers off the board, now they get Taylor Mage, Steeler linebacker, falling to them, and Rashawn Evans at 28. So let's give them Rashawn Evans here. Yeah, I love that fit. I think it would be a fantastic fit for both sides. And he just looks like a Pittsburgh Steeler. The way his play, the way he plays, his playing style, everything about him resembles the Pittsburgh Steelers. You talk about hard-nosed, gritty, just tough football player, and I think he would be a fantastic fit here for the Steelers. And now you're on the clock again with the Jacksonville Jaguars at 29. They have a lot of ways they could go because there's very few holes on this roster. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they need some help at guard along the offensive line. And this guy hasn't played guard before, but I think he would be a really good pick right here. And that's Isaiah Wynn. I think Isaiah Wynn could step in right away for Jacksonville and replace a guy like A.J. Can. They can upgrade from that spot. When you talk about an interior of him alongside Brandon Linder, I think would be a fantastic fit putting him in there with Andrew Norwell as well. So I like the fit there. Yes, that is exactly what Leonard Fournette and Blake Bortles need. Blake Bortles needs Leonard Fournette in that running game to take the ball away from him all game long. And in order to do that, you need Maulers up front. And now you have that with Andrew Norwell, Brandon Linder, and now Isaiah Wynn. Uh, Could be the great um, wall of Jacksonville there, I say. (laughs) And uh, now your favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings, are now on the clock at 30. And like the Jaguars, they need more interior offensive line protection. Protection, especially given the new $84 million man in town, Kirk Cousins, you have to devote your first resources in this draft to protecting that investment. And Isaiah Wynn would have been a perfect pick here for the Vikings, but unfortunately he's gone now. One pick ahead of them, but the Vikings have two great options they can choose from in this department. One is Billy Price. That would make a lot of sense given Rick Spielman's zeal for Ohio State offensive lineman, and they drafted his buddy, Pat Elfline, uh, last year. But Billy Price, uh, it was reported by Tony Pauline last week that he is probably going to slide into the second round because teams are concerned that he's not going to be 100% recovered from that partially torn pec injury by uh, the start of the season. But the Vikings, if they're not completely sold that Billy Price would be ready from day one and they need a guy ready from day one here, they have an, an equally as good choice with a guy who's reportedly rising up draft boards and could end up in the first round here. Frank Ragnow, the center guard from Arkansas. And Frank Ragnow is Minnesota born and bred, so this would be a perfect pick for the Vikings at 30. They can't go wrong with either Billy Price or Frank Ragnow, but due to the Billy Price's medical questions, I think they go Frank Ragnow. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and I like that fit. I think it'd be a fantastic fit for both sides. You talk about a guy that gets to return home. Also, he feels a huge position of need. He has that versatility to play center or guard. So if F-line does go down, they have a guy to plug and play at center as well. And obviously, they have to protect their new 84 million dollar investment in Kirk Cousins and I think Frank Frank Ragnow will be a fantastic pick here. 49ers now on the clock again they selected Jair Alexander at 23 where do they go at 31? I think they could go receiver right here and I believe Calvin Ridley is still on the board if I'm not mistaken. He sure is. Yeah let's go with Calvin Ridley right here I think this would be a steal this late in the draft getting him in the back half of the first round and you talk about him getting to learn under a guy like a Pierre Garçon, which I think would be fantastic for him, inserting him with Jimmy Garoppolo, Jarek McKinnon, 
and the core of that offense will be really good. Yes, and as Kyle Shanahan, I believe, kind of tipped his hand last year by drafting Trent Taylor as uh, the first receiver off the board for the Niners last year, he doesn't necessarily value size as much as he does route running and and all the nuanced things of the position like that. He likes guys who could get open, so Calvin Ridley would be more than an ideal fit in the Kyle Shanahan system. And last but not least, the world champion Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock at 32. I wouldn't be shocked one bit if the Eagles decide to trade back from 32 and accumulate more picks because they don't have any day two picks because of all the wheeling and dealing they've done the past several years, which paid off because they've won a Super Bowl. But when you look at the Eagles, uh, the receiver cupboard is bare. They could use more help there. I don't think Mike Jasicki, as freakishly athletic as he is, is, it, is worth the trouble here at 32. I'm, I'm looking at your board right now. And, oh, this guy might fall. He he definitely might fall to the second round, but I think the Eagles could definitely use Connor Williams from Texas here. Connor Williams, I think, yeah, Jason Peters at left tackle. He's on his last legs. And then you could get Connor Williams in. Some people have him as a guard, but I think he could be a very effective right tackle. So when Jason Peters retires, you put Lane Johnson at left tackle then you put Connor Williams at right tackle and have Big V as your swing tackle. So Connor Williams to the Eagles at 32. Do you think that would be a good pick for them? Absolutely. I love this pick. And he's a guy that's probably going to slip into this range. I know Tony Pauline has been reporting that he's not going to be very happy on draft day because a lot of teams have mixed reviews about him because of his length. He doesn't really fit the thresholds or meet the thresholds that NFL teams have about arm length. He falls about an inch short. So He's a guard on some boards, and he's a tackle on some teams' boards, and I think he's a guy that is going to end up slipping probably into this late day one, early day two range. But you talk about a guy you can sit behind Jason Peters and Lane Johnson for a year, and we all know Jason Peters is probably going to retire here soon within the next year or two. So you already will have your guy in-house to replace him in Connor Williams. I think this will be a home run pick. Jordan Reed, ClimbingThePocket.com. Check out his Climbing the Pocket podcast, and you can check out his draft guide, his first ever draft guide for $5. It's the perfect resource for you on draft night and throughout draft week. Jordan, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program, and we hope to have you on again in the very, very near future. Absolutely. Thanks as always for inviting me and having me on. Thank you, Jordan. And that's it for today here on Sports Crunch with D-Crom. Stay tuned for our nonstop NFL draft coverage next week. We will kick things off on Tuesday with a War Room Simulation Mock Draft, and on Wednesday, I will host a Facebook Live to compare our mock to Mike Mack's Mock Draft and other buzz going around the league. For the first round of the draft, be sure to follow me on Twitter, at SportsCrunch, and remember that's Crunch with a K, as I will be periscoping my instant analysis on each pick. And for days two and three of the draft, I will be on Facebook Live throughout, taking your questions as the remaining six rounds unfold. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook and Twitter, and sign up for insider alerts on sportscrunch.com and if you enjoy these podcast episodes please consider leaving us an itunes review and donating to our patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our itunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like jordan especially since there's never an off season for talking football for jordan reed our producer chris broadhead this is david cromwell saying so long and as always stay awesome